0: all right brian as we do every show we are now going to finish things up uh by turning it over to our listeners for our twitter mailbag questions got quite a few from you guys today uh the first one for you brian here and we'll talk about this This is from astute fanatic he says what would it take for an in-season firing of mike mccarthy especially with a prime interim candidate in dan quinn already there
1: i you know i i look at the situation with uh Mike McCarthy, you know, to me, it's as a team. Is the team not played well for him? Has the, they, you know, the wins and losses. If the team's not playing well, the wins and losses will be there. It'll be, you know, it, it could be a two and five or one and six, whatever you want to say. I mean, if it's something like that, then you know, Jerry Jones doesn't really want to fire anybody in season. He did it to Wade Phillips because the team was going nowhere. The team was they they completely gave up. If Jerry Jones determines that the team has given up on Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy's done nothing to go and maybe help whatever side of the ball might be in trouble, say the say for example it is the offense. Say the offense is in trouble. They 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 you know, Mike McCarthy goes over there, he he's trying to help Kellen Moore, but it's just not working. Yep. Then that's the point in time where all of a sudden I feel like that maybe Dan Quinn would get the opportunity and then With Kellen Moore stay? Well, who knows? Or Doug Nussmeier, somebody will call plays. But I think it has to be one of those things where Jerry Jones determines that the team is clearly – uh, as quit on Mike McCarthy, and they're not listening to anything he's saying anymore.
0: Yeah, I think when you look over the recent history, there was some chatter about uh, firing Mike Nolan around the bye week. Remember, they swapped out Paul Alexander in the bye yeah. week. Um, when Wade Phillips was fired, it was the first part of November. So I think if you want to start looking at when, if they were going to make that decision, when would it happen? Well, their bye week falls in week nine. So if they go yeah. into that bye week and then they're about to head to Green Bay for the the Mike McCarthy showdown, if they're heading into the bye week and they're looking at two and six or something like that, I think that's where it would. I think it's very unlikely Mike McCarthy is fired in the middle of the season, but if it happens, yeah. I think it's two and I, six yeah. or maybe they get embarrassed in Green Bay after a bad start. That would probably what would do it. I think.
1: Yeah, the, the, like I said, the reason that that Wade Phillips got fired was because the team quit on him that Sunday night in Green Bay. Yeah. That's why he got fired. Yeah.
0: Uh, next question here from Brett Logan. With the lack of experience at wide receiver heading into the season, do you feel that a run-first mentality featuring Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard will be used at least until Michael Gallup is back, or with the injury scare to CeeDee Lamb this week, will that propel a potential veteran signing at wide receiver to hedge Dallas's bets? Which we talked about in the first segment, just a, a cut foot for CeeDee Lamb doesn't sound like anything sure. sincere. We've obviously got the toe injury with Noah Brown that we mentioned earlier that caused him to miss practice on Thursday. But overall, I think regardless of of what they do at receiver leading up to the season, this is a football team that's talking a whole hell of a lot about running the ball. I think that might just be something that they're recommitting to this season already.
1: It's funny. Is the only the youngest player, though, that they're going to have to deal with the receiver, if I'm right about this, is Tolbert. Everybody else, pretty much a veteran. Is that what we're? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have, young, younger in terms of being a rookie. He said, yeah, he said young receivers. or so the question was asked: young receivers or the lack of experience? I think he means you know yeah, you're you're, you're, you're going to play with, with Noah Brown. You'll, playing you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll okay. play with
0: Fahoko, Dennis Houston potentially Tolbert. Sure. So that, yeah, that, some that, of them.
1: There you go. I mean, that, again, it, the, your only rookie player is Tolbert. Uh, Fahoko doesn't have a lot of experience, and Noah Brown has been here a long time. He just hasn't had a lot of reps at it. So, sure. I, I can see, you know, I, I understand that part of the question there. The thing about it is though, I, I kind of feel like though, that they were going to be run first anyway. Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe I shouldn't say run first anyway. Greater I, emphasis. I, yeah. It's, it's going to be more like, listen, we're not going to be, we're not going to be 70, 30 pass run or, you know, we're not going to be, I think it's more, it, it, it's, it's balance. That's what, that's what helps that the balance. It's, the ability to not have to put him in a lot of situations where it's, you know, second and long, third and long. And if, if they, and they always hear this statement, stay ahead of the chains. That's something that they were able to do the first eight weeks of the, of the season last year. They stayed ahead of the chains and they were able to, you know, even when they had, uh, you know, third down runs, they were short, manageable runs or, you know, down in distance. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling that, that it's, it's going to be more of a, more of a, uh, you know, trying to be 50-50, but maybe we'll get a 60-40 run pass, you know, much more so than maybe an 80-20 or 90-10.
0: Next question here from uh, Ryan. He asks, which rookie drafted this year, aside from Tyler Smith, could you see having the biggest impact on the season? Sam Williams will get a lot of opportunities to rush the passer. Jalen Tolbert, in terms of opportunities, probably is going to, I mean, he'll be a starter for this team, so the opportunities will be there. Jake Ferguson's looked solid. Any injury to a cornerback right now in the starting group may wind up in Deron Bland getting some reps. So a lot of different options there. Who stands out to you, Brian, you think is having the biggest potential impact outside of Tyler Smith?
1: I want to believe it's going to be be Ferguson is the one because I kind of feel like he's going to be the second tight end. And so how much, if they go where it's a 60-40 pass run, how much 12 personnel stuff are they going to get into? And then will it be opportunities as a blocker and then there's opportunities of, you know, receiving. You, you might see him in some, you know, just to uh, replace uh, Dalton Schultz and some 11 personnel stuff too. So I can see him having a pretty big impact. I want to believe that, that Bland could have it, you know, depending on how yeah. much, you know, how much dime stuff are they going to play? You know, all of a sudden they get some teams that, you know, they're going to spread you out and stuff like that. You know, Sam Williams, we mentioned him as a rusher. I still feel like that Sam Williams has a way to ways to go. Yes. I really do. I watching him rush the pass the other night in Denver, I kind of felt like you see flashes. To, yeah, he knows yeah. how to get off the ball. Does he know how to finish? Right. That's the thing that he's having to work on right now. And there's going to be some frustration by that. You know, you can't just, you know, you're not playing against Vanderbilt or you're not playing against uh, you know, uh, you know, Mississippi State. You if you're gonna rush the pass you've got to get the corner. And you've got to turn that corner and get down there. And that's something he was able to do at State – or, excuse me, at Ole Miss. But, you know, I haven't seen it – I haven't seen it yet. And I didn't see it in the Denver game. So, I wonder how much real production that he's going to have. I think they're going to give him a lot of opportunities. But if you had to ask me, other than uh, Tyler Smith, Ferguson and Bland would be two guys I would look at.
0: Yeah, and I think that in regards to the Sam Williams thing, you and I have talked a lot about how the learning curve for quarterbacks and receivers has – become so much smaller than it was even 10 years ago but definitely 20 30 years ago right. defensive end pass rusher that's one of those areas that it's still there's learning curve there yeah a lot of these guys I, I talked to defensive line coaches and trainers and scouts and things like that and one of the things they'll consistently tell you about guys who are coming out of college is these guys generally don't know how to use their hands they don't know how to use their hands they're still kind of you know figuring out their hips and their footwork and everything else to get you know through gaps and and their pad level and everything else so they're still learning a lot at that time that's not the kind of coaching they tend to get at college uh next question here from shoes and sports somebody who likes some kicks and some sports I guess uh do you see Dennis Houston and or Cavante Turpin as a lock for the 53 Brian I don't know about you for me right now I definitely think Dennis Houston's on this roster and I think it's yeah. likely that Turpin is as well
1: yeah it's funny because just following along with uh, Twitter and what's going on it's not like that Dak threw a ball to Turpin that went down the middle of the field and it clanged off Turpin. He had a chance to make a big play mm, and he was have that. And didn't make. It. Yeah, so he's made plays. They've thrown the ball. He looks like he's got a little bit of wiggle when he runs as a as a punt returner. And so I would say that they're they're anxious to use him. And you know, in the practice. You know, against uh, the Chargers. They tried to get him on a deep ball. He just needs to find a way to finish a little bit better.
0: Yeah, and I think that he's he's here largely, like we've said, as a, as a return guy. Um, I mean, it's like Mike McCarthy said. He said the offense is secondary for Kevontae Turpin. So they definitely wanted a return man in here. Uh, that's why they went out and got him, and they brought him in here. They were struggling all off season trying to find somebody to take those reps at, at OTAs and minicamp at the punt returner. So I think that's a big – check in his favor and also something we haven't talked about a lot they've been using him on these jet sweeps and practices with the first team a lot and so it could be potentially you know an old school I know this was Scott Linehan's offense and not Kellen Moore but Kellen Moore was in the building for it could be similar to the way they used Lucky Whitehead in the past as a return guy
1: Lucky Whitehead won a game for you I felt like in Green Bay uh, 2016 on a jet sweep right before half they got a third down and kept a drive going Bryce Butler finished the drive with a touchdown in the corner right before half so that's the kind of stuff you need, those big explosive plays, especially on third down.
0: Uh, question here from Todd. What kind of routes, formations, pre-snap movement do you guys think slash hope the Cowboys will use to get CD the ball this year? They definitely are kind of moving him around the formation. I still don't see a ton of pre- and and at the snap movement, at least in practice, what they're showing us. It's but with- motion.
1: It's just straight motion. Yes. A lot. He'll be in slot and he'll go from the right side to the left side, and then he'll stationary set is what he does. But they're putting him in the slot so at least they can move him around. They're giving him options. They're giving him the whole field to run routes. And a lot of it is done, and Bobby will tell you this, I I know you will, uh, that there's quickness. A lot of those option routes, you know, pivot routes, things like that, where it's work hard inside, plant, and if the the defender goes one way, you go the other kind of a thing. So – once you put him in the slot, you allow him to use the whole field. You put him on the outside, you're really kind of limiting to how how many routes he can run when he's playing on the outside.
0: Yeah, I think in terms of he asks there, Todd asks routes, formations, pre-snap movement, I don't know that we're going to see a ton of pre-snap movement as, as part of that equation, but definitely I think they are going to you know, line him up across the formation in different spots. Right. And then in terms of routes, it's that one Brian mentioned there, they've definitely been working back in those a lot of people call them different things pivot route whip route Colorado yeah. route whatever you want to call it but it's that it's that aggressive just kind of you know uh plant and then
1: Still turn hard and, inside and then plant go back and if the guy thinks you're going to go back outside just go ahead and keep going across exactly you know, plant and then and then see if he's going to bite going the other way and then just keep going so yeah it, it The slot, you could do a lot of different things as you play from that slot.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Next question here from Jonathan Torres Are either of you worried about the offensive line? If so, how worried? Scale of one to 10. And then he also asks, what do you honestly believe the Cowboys' win record will be this season? We, we touched on that in an episode earlier, so I think we both agreed around 10 wins probably yeah, was a good yeah. bet. So, But in terms of your concern about the offensive line, I'm more worried about the pass protection than I am the run blocking right now. Yeah. Um, overall, my concern with the offensive lines, maybe I'll, I'll say a strong six right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's more of a six. I think they're going to be fine at left guard. I, I worry about right tackle. I will continue to worry about right tackle until I see something different going on there.
0: Next question here uh, from at Tex Hogs says, how does the coaching staff, in particular Mike McCarthy, instill discipline in this team? 17 penalties in the first preseason game after being the most penalized team in the league last year is pathetic. I know we've talked a lot about the, the penalty issue and things like that, but Brian, in your experience, do, the coaches that do believe they can coach penalties, because I know that's an old Bill Parcells line, he doesn't coach penalties, but the coaches that do believe you can coach penalties, what can they do other than just you know bench threats and things like that to to try and instill that discipline. How, is is there a, a genuine way you think that a coach can cut at that to help limit penalties? Yeah, you, you don't play
1: players that don't have football intelligence, and maybe that's go. half your damn team. But you just <laughs> you don't you don't put players in there that you know can't line up. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, you know that no guys that have you know illegal motion, you know Tolbert, you know I mean you can't you can't have those pre snap penalties. It's one thing to have a holding penalty or, or have a clip or something sure. like that, an aggressive penalty. But when you have these pre-snap penalties, that, you know, that, that's just – and especially the ones that cost them points. You know, they, they, the whole thing about the other day when that game – and I keep mentioning it, but the third down and long, and they have the two veteran players, you know, Fowler line, Fowler jumps off sides, you know, and then Basham has roughing the passer. I and mean, you can't have those penalties, especially on third down when you're getting off the field – and there's been too many times that we've seen here in the last couple of years where Dallas has done a good job of getting off the field on a third and seven only to have a defensive holding penalty on the other side of the field yep. or legal contact on the other side of the field. You know, as a defensive back, you know you cannot hit a receiver in the face coming off the line of scrimmage. They'll call that every single time. 100%. You know, they, You cannot grab a receiver as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. You know, you can't do these things. You can't. If you're a linebacker, you can't grab a running back in the flat. You can't do that. So to me, if you're playing with undisciplined players, if you're playing with players that have low football intelligence or awareness, that's your fault as a coach for putting these guys on the field. It's also your fault for going out and drafting them or signing them uh, to be part of the roster.
0: That's going to do it for us. Uh, We got the Chargers and Cowboys coming up this weekend, then one final preseason game against the Seahawks. Uh, For Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt, and we will talk to you guys again next week.